Welcome to The Compliance Files, brought to you by the Association of Compliance Officers in Ireland. The Compliance Files is a unique podcast series giving you access to industry insights and key perspectives on how the evolving regulatory landscape is driving change, challenge and opportunity for compliance professionals everywhere. Hello and welcome to the Compliance Files podcast of the Association of Compliance Officers in Ireland. I am Cathy Jacobs, President of the ACOI, and it is a great pleasure for me to host this podcast. One of the most significant changes brought in by the General Data Protection Regulation, aka GDPR, in May 2018 was the introduction of an administrative sanctions regime. Article 83 provides data protection supervisory authorities across Europe the power to impose fines which are intended to be effective, proportionate, and dissuasive. Since May 2018, data protection supervisory authorities have been using this power to sanction data controllers and processors who have breached to ensure compliance with the regulation and for compliance professionals, and specifically data protection officers, a kind of case law. I'm delighted to welcome as a guest Fiona Savary and René Sandor. René and Fiona are solicitors and senior associates of international law firm CMS in Munich, Germany, and are part of the CMS technology, media, and communications team. This team advises national and international clients with a broad range of topics within digitalization, IT, and of course, data protection law, in particular, the implementation of GDPR. Both are members of the team who've developed the GDPR enforcement tracker on data protection authorities' finding activities. Fiona and Renee are here to discuss with me today the trends coming out of enforcement actions and decisions from the data protection supervisory authorities in Europe and as documented in the CMS GDPR enforcement tracker. Welcome to the Compliance Files podcast, Fiona and Renee, and thanks for talking to us today. Thank you so much for inviting us to your podcast, Cathy. Thank you very much, Cathy. Diving right in, Renee, what is the GDPR enforcement tracker? Who would use it and how would they use it in their day-to-day role? So the GDPR Enforcement Tracker is our comprehensive database of all fines that are published by data protection authorities across Europe and the UK. And it offers a categorization of those fines by the jurisdiction and by the type of violation. And it also provides you with an overview of the DPA's um, reasoning for those fines. Now, who would use it? Our finding is that data privacy practitioners from different backgrounds, be it from academia to in-house teams to private practice, also media and the DPAs themselves use the enforcement tracker on a regular basis. We found that the day-to-day use would typically be that interested privacy practitioners would search our uh, case law database to see potentially applicable fine frames with regard to the amount that a DPA would levy. And to do so, you can use the filters that are available on the enforcement trackers to search for your specific jurisdiction and the specific GDPR article that you're interested in. And that allows you to ultimately find guidance on available decisions for your relevant search query. Okay, and Fiona, who are the authors of the enforcement tracker? And could you explain a little bit of the process behind putting putting it together? 
Sure. Um, let's go back to, to the very beginning of the enforcement tracker. It all started out with a tiny, tiny team of lawyers in Munich so in, in our office, putting together the enforcement tracker website, which was actually developed from scratch at CMS, and then starting to collect the data on the first finds in 2018. And we gather the, the finds from various sources. Um, on the one hand, we have a researcher who is actively looking for new GDPR finds all across Europe and the UK. And on the other hand, we are also pointed to finds by others, for example, by colleagues from different jurisdictions or also by the general public, um, in particular users of the enforcement tracker website. And in, in fact, to keep the list as up to date and also as complete as possible, we um, highly appreciate anyone pointing us to new finds that we might not have yet been aware of or that we might have missed. Any um, report notification that, that we get will also be, be subject, of course, to a quick sanity slash quality check. And then we will also categorize to find, as Amy explained earlier, by country and industry sector and tag it with different markers, um, for example, the violated GDPR requirements, etc. This goes to, to the authors. All authors of the GDPR enforcement tracker report are CMS's uh, data privilege lawyers and currently the lawyers for the different chapters regarding the the different industry sectors. They're all based in Germany. And to, to get a fuller picture, we have also added interviews with CMS lawyers from nine different jurisdictions going into more detail of the local particularities of GDPR enforcement. Okay, so it's put together essentially by data protection experts. Renee, how many enforcement actions in total are contained with, within the database, within the tracker itself? Can you give us a feel for just how, how big this database is. So this is pretty straightforward. Looking at the enforcement tracker today, there are more than 700 entries, 731 entries today. And this results from fines from 31 jurisdictions in total. Fiona, just across Europe, could you give our listeners a flavor of what offenses are attracting fines and the industries which are being fined? Yeah. So data processing without a sufficient legal basis is by far the most frequent trigger of GDPR-related fines in Europe, closely followed by insufficient technical and organizational measures to ensure information security. So they're, they're also known as TOMS. So these two are by far the most frequent causes of fines. And this is also reflected in the top 10 of the highest fines handed out by the data protection authorities today because all of the top three highest fines were issued due to the lack of a sufficient legal basis and also the prominent fines against British Airways and Marriott International, which are also both in the top 10, were both based on insufficient technical and organizational 
additional measures, for example, related to customer data gathered through the company website. And regarding industries, maybe unsurprisingly, the media, telecoms and broadcasting sector has attracted both a high number of fines and also some of the highest fines overall. And this sector seems to be under particular scrutiny of the data protection authorities because of the nature of its business, which heavily relies on a huge amounts of personal data. And also the commerce sector as, as another sector has attracted a very high number of fines as well. That, that's really interesting with the big tech and, and media and perhaps not surprising for our listeners here in Ireland because, you know, we, we, we do have a lot of the big tech companies here. Renee, could you give us a flavour of what the main themes or reasons for enforcement across Europe in the financial services sector are? So this goes hand in hand what Fiona has just explained on a general basis. The financial services sector as well faces most fines for insufficient legal basis for the data processing and for insufficient data security. So in total, in the financial services sector, there were more than 20 Uh, 21 actually fines which resulted from insufficient legal basis so the data processing itself was unlawful the data controller did not have a legal basis for the processing and it's it's actually worth noting that in many of these cases of unlawful processing advertising messages were sent to data subjects without their consent so this is would be a key reason for an unlawful processing. And on the other hand, insufficient data security. And this also highlights the fact that data security is a key issue in the highly regulated financial and insurance sector. Fiona, has the pandemic been reflected in the enforcement actions that have been taken across Europe? And if so, how? I would say yes and no. In spring 2020, during which many countries went into their first pandemic-induced lockdown, I'm sure Ireland as well, there was virtually no fining activity across Europe. However, this phase did not last very long. And already in, in the autumn months of 2020, we have seen some of the highest activity from the data protection authorities overall, both in terms of number uh, of fines as well as in terms of the amounts fined. There were several record-breaking fines in this space, so it has definitely picked up again. And while the economic hit that many businesses took during the pandemic will certainly impact their, their turnover and thus also reduce the basis on which a fine is calculated, the data protection authorities have made quite clear that the pandemic is no excuse whatsoever for data protection infringements. And Renee, have any of the enforcement actions been cross-border? And if so, how difficult was it for the supervisory authorities to manage cross-border aspect of that supervisory action? So the answer to that is certainly yes. There was cross-border investigation. However, those investigations and cooperations are not published. And as we said in the beginning, we rely on published decisions by the data protection authorities. We do not sit behind the scenes of data protection authorities' investigations. 
So, so we don't have we don't have any visibility into the cross-border investigations of data protection authorities. And it should be said that the practical implementation of cross-border investigations are not settled yet. And we can say that uh, there haven't been any routines been established so far. So in particular, we see complex cross-border investigations in case of big tech companies and the DPAs certainly must coordinate the investigations and in particular the lead authority must consult DPAs in other jurisdictions. So overall we can only say that uh, the process of consultation tends to become very complex for data protection authorities. And just to give you one example of, of such complexity of the cross-border investigations, we can refer to the highest fine to date, which was the fine of the French data protection authority CNIL against Google and here the authority in France said that the French Data Protection Authority was rightly initiating the proceedings because the Irish establishment of Google did not have a decision-making power on the processing operations carried out in the context of the operating system. So this is just one example that illustrates how difficult cross-border investigations are and we will likely see more consultations on that and hopefully more publications of data protection authorities on this issue. Okay, so watch the space on that then. Fiona, are we starting to see any themes or trends from the enforcement actions across Europe? Yes, overall, it can be said that the defining activities of the data protection authorities across Europe have definitely picked up quite a bit. The authorities are less lenient now than in the early days of the GDPR. So the requirements to be met by, by businesses have also tightened significantly. We have not yet seen the fallout from Schrems 2, but data transfers to third countries will likely be scrutinized by, by data protection authorities, beginning with questionnaires they send to businesses to fill out and potentially also also followed by hefty fines. As already mentioned a couple of times, the, the legal basis for data processing and also having sufficient technical and organizational measures in place will continue to play a very important role throughout, especially now also during the pandemic as cyber attacks have also picked up. It, it has to be considered that hacking and IT malware incidents will very likely at least trigger DPA investigations and might also further down the line lead to a fine in case the, the TOMs are not deemed to be sufficient by the DPA. For example, just to give some flavor of how the requirements have been tightened regarding the documentation, for example, of data processing activities, initially it might have been sufficient to have a document titled data processing activities and just listing all sorts of data processing activities conducted by the respective business, but now Nowadays, businesses definitely need to document entire data flows and their, their data processing activities, even presenting a sort of architecture of data flows in detail. And, and they also need to have very strong processes in place to keep the list complete and up-to-date at all times. So any businesses still relying on the documentation they might have produced in 2018 when the GDPR came into force 
surely need to to watch out and update their documentation. Okay, interesting. Renee, how is Ireland doing in relation to its enforcement? In your opinion, has the presence of the big tech companies here had an impact on the Data Protection Commission here in Ireland on on their enforcement and, and perhaps their strategy, how they're going about it? Overall, we only saw few fines from the Irish Data Protection Authority. There were specifically, there were seven fines ranging between 40,000 euros and 450,000 euros. The highest fine in the amount of 450,000 euros was levied against Twitter uh, for the insufficient fulfillment of data breach notifications. And this was at the end of 2020. Since you ask about the impact on the Irish Data Protection Commission enforcement strategy, we can only say that the Irish DPA has followed an approach of dialogue and cooperation with big tech companies and we cannot conclude any other specific considerations. And Fiona, are there any other European countries who have yet to conclude or even initiate any investigations or enforcement actions? And do you see any any reason for this? Yes, and indeed, our analysis shows that there are significant differences regarding the enforcement practice of the data protection authorities between various jurisdictions in Europe. And to our knowledge, Slovenia is actually the only country who has not yet issued a single fine under the GDPR. And by by contrast, for example, Spain has a lot of fining activity and has already issued more than 170 fines to date. So there's a huge gap in between. And as regards Slovenia, this might be due to the fact that Slovenia is also the only country who has yet to adopt a new national legislation, the Personal Data Protection Act, which is supposed to supplement the GDPR. And additionally, the Slovenian Data Protection Authority, the so-called Information Commissioner, has very little power to hand down significant fines under the current Data Protection Act in Slovenia. However, it should be noted that the GDPR and also the possibility to hand down the significant fines that the GDPR sets out. It is directly applicable in Slovenia and has been ever since May 2018, even without any implementation into local law. So we'll have to wait and see whether there will be any changes to to the Slovenian enforcement practice anytime soon, or whether maybe also DPAs from other jurisdictions might might hand out fines, which then also affect businesses in Slovenia. Yes, interesting. And Renee, what do the trends tell us about what you can expect into the future, if you can look into the future, both from a pan-Europeans perspective and, and in Ireland? So let me start with the legal basis for data processing and the technical and organizational measures, sufficient data security. This will be something that will be scrutinized in the future again. And those two aspects are a given. There will be no excuses by data protection authorities. DPAs will levy fines again if companies do not have sufficient legal basis and data security in place. And this holds true in particular for financial industry, which is subject to very specific financial data security measures 
and also um, the big tech companies who handle customers' telecommunications data. But other than that, it will also be very important to implement the model clauses that the European Commission has issued in June 2021. And it will be very important to consider and to implement the guidance that will be available on those new sets of standard contractual clauses or model clauses for the data transfers to third countries and in particular to the US. What I also like to mention is that we assume that data privacy litigation will speed up in the near future. So companies as well as individuals and data subjects will likely bring actions before courts both against fines and also for illegal data processing activity. So we are preparing to see more of these data privacy litigations cases coming through. And when you ask about the pan-EU and the Ireland approach, we are of the opinion that there is no difference between a pan-EU and the, the Irish perspective. Every country in the EU and Ireland is part of the EU has to follow the GDPR's rules. So we don't foresee any difference in the application of the GDPR in the EU or in Ireland. It will be the same throughout. And another aspect that we foresee is that with an increase in rulings by the European Court of Justice, it's likely that the application and the GDPR enforcement will be more and more harmonized over time. And we hope that this will ultimately bolster legal certainty. And this applies to Ireland and Pan-EU as well, of course. Well, that's quite heartening, actually, to hear that some being told from Germany that there doesn't appear to be much difference in the application of the sanctions regime across Europe and in Ireland. Finally, how can our members and listeners access the GDPR Enforcement Tracker? So the GDPR Enforcement Tracker on enforcementtracker.com and the GDPR Enforcement Tracker report, which is on the CMS website are open to the public and also free of charge. So anyone who is interested can easily access them through those websites. So enforcementtracker.com and also the CMS website. And also we would like to ask your members and, and listeners, if you come across any GDPR fines that we have not yet included, that we might have missed for some reason or other, we would really highly appreciate it if you you could let us know by either shooting us an email or contacting us through the website enforcementtracker.com because in the end tracking all fines across Europe is a community project and not something that can be done just by a handful of people in our office. Thanks to Fiona and Renee. That's all been very interesting and it all boils down to the old familiar themes of you know having a sufficient legal basis and data security. It will be interesting once ECJ gets up and running and, and starts issuing judgments to see that harmonization come across the entire, the entire EU. So thanks to Fiona and Renee for, for sharing your insights and expertise. Thank you very much, Cathy. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening to the Compliance Files podcast brought to you by the SCOI. I do hope that you find the podcast interesting and useful. We would be very grateful if you would like, review or rate this podcast. And until the next episode, goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Compliance Files. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to ensure you don't miss out on future episodes.